Why do we love this country? Why is this country so unique? Why do I believe that it is the most incredible, dare I say, greatest secular nation to ever exist? This is the Dangerous Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Williams. First off, let me define secular. Secular simply means non-Christian or or non-religious. America has no state religion and enforces no religion above another. So in the the beginning of this nation, um, most people either were Christian, said they were Christian, or were very Christian-friendly. Not that everyone was a Christian, but Christianity was the, I guess, majority religion. America was not founded to be a Christian-specific nation. Um, And so it doesn't enforce that everyone be Christian, for example. It's a secular country. Not secular as in anti-religious, maybe like the Soviet uh, Union of old or uh, communist China per se. It's not anti-religious. It's just non-religious. So why do I believe that America is the greatest secular nation to ever exist? So, uh, and secondly, like, why should we really care as Christians? Uh, I'm going to mention the second part briefly because we're going to talk about it more next week. But uh, why should Christians care? Uh, In my mind, according to the Bible, government exists for three reasons. The, The first reason is to reward good. The second reason is to punish evil. And then the third reason is to keep the peace. Governments are to make sure that the, the land that is under, the people under its care, are living peaceful lives or are able to. And uh, those are the three reasons for government to exist, really. That's what they're trying to do. Um, and I think America has come the closest as a secular nation to doing those three things. I think it's been incredible. And that's why I think Christians should care. Because whether you're in government or you participate in government functions like taxes and voting and whatever, uh, those are things that you really should strive for. You want your your government to, to, to do those things to ensure that, you know, evil is punished good is rewarded, and finally, to keep the peace, right? You want your government to do that. And I think Christians should care because, you know, we're put on earth um, to help, you know, promote justice. And you want, you know, there to be the ability to grow and to, to live your life peacefully, as Paul says. But anyways, that's why Christians should care. Secondly, why do I believe that America is the greatest nation to ever exist? That's not secondly. That's actually the first question I asked. So let, let's talk about that. Uh, but before we do, I'm going to tell you what I'm not going to talk about. I often do this uh, to kind of clarify where we're going. When I talk about America being a great nation, I'm not going to talk about people or the founding fathers. And the reason why is this. If you're a black person or if you're a woman, 
you may not like America's founding fathers, and, and I understand why. They allowed and they enforced slavery. They didn't allow women to vote. Women didn't have a whole lot of rights. And so even though I think America's founding fathers were brilliant people, they were very flawed. So I'm not going to use them to demonstrate the greatness of this country because not everyone might agree with that, and, and that's okay. Many on the left of the political aisle rightly point out the, uh, these flaws. And so I'm not, while I don't agree with like tearing down statues of George Washington, um, I won't exactly talk about George Washington when I'm talking about the greatness of America, you know, because not everyone's going to agree with that. So what am I going to talk about then? I'm going to talk about five things. America's fear of government. America's freedom through individual rights. America's freedom through its 50 states. America's Protestant work ethic. And then finally, America's self-correcting principles. These five reasons are very important. So let's go through them. The first is America's fear of government. This is so unique. Most people, when they go to seize control of a government, you think about through a revolution or overthrow or military conquest, the leaders don't fear government. The leaders don't fear power. They lust after it. They want it so desperately. They think that they alone can rule well. And they alone can wield the incredible power of government. And that's how most governments start, right? America didn't start that way. Because of, uh, of just the ingrained fear of power that happened when we tried to separate from uh, England, the founding fathers uh, had this principle. You know, it's like government is in some ways to be feared because there's tyranny. There's uh, a lot of evil that can come with power. And so... Uh, America has these checks and balances to, so that one branch of the government doesn't get too powerful. You have the judicial branch. You have the executive branch, you think, of the president. And then finally, you have the legislative branch, right? Where it makes the, the rules and the laws and, st and stuff. And look at me, stuff. I'm so uh, technical. And what happens is these three branches are supposed to kind of keep the other ones in check. One is not supposed to rule the other. The president can't, or is it supposed to get too powerful, right? Um, the legislative branch is checked by the uh, judicial branch, the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court is chosen by the president. And the president is chosen by the people. And so our, our version of government is so unique because it was that fear of government that uh, prevents tyranny. The people have a lot of power. The states have a lot of power. You know, people elect the representatives. The representatives, you think of the House and the Senate, then they can make laws and all, and all those things. It's just so interwoven. And the government's designed on purpose to move slowly to prevent an overreach of authority. There's a lot of freedom that comes from that. And I think it's incredibly unique, and I think it's wonderful. So that's the first 
first thing. America has a natural fear of government. That's how it was set up. And this fear of government led to all these checks and balances. The second thing we'll talk about is America's freedom through individual rights. So if checks and balances weren't enough, we have things like uh, the amendments, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, because uh, the reason why we have those things is that America knew, the, the people who founded America, they knew that government, even if everything is carefully uh, described, if the instructions were still crystal clear, government would still try to overreach and take over the rights of individual Americans. And so through the amendments and through other things, we have enshrined these freedoms, these freedoms to associate, the freedom, uh, our freedom of speech, our freedom of religion, um, our freedom to bear arms if, if the American government gets too uh, wild or here in the South, uh, what, what's something that, that we like to say, uh, out of pocket, right? America's freedom through individual rights is really unique because not only is the government's role carefully described, but also our freedoms are carefully described as well, and so government can't take those away. And so I think that's, uh, that's another unique factor that prevents, you know, uh, a, a dictatorship like communist China or the Soviet Union, Cuba, North Korea. That's not going to happen. And if it does happen, we have the ability to fight back, right? Those are uh, the purpose of the Second Amendment. So again, incredibly unique. Um, another thing, so we're, we're on uh, number three, why I think America is the greatest secular nation to ever exist. Um, America is free through its 50 states. So, for example, let's say you have a state that's in massive amounts of debt, and it's run terribly. Uh, I'm going to use California as an example of this, because uh, people are fleeing California. I don't know if it's in the millions per se, maybe it is, but definitely in the tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands. People are fleeing California, and you know wh where they're going? They're going to Texas, they're going to Florida, because when you're free to move and the, and the states are free to do their own thing, citizens can go to the state that is uh, being run well. Uh, Florida is extremely popular because uh, Ron DeSantis has done such a great job of governing his state. And so America's freedom through its 50 states is really important because we don't have, at least for now, an incredibly strong, overreaching federal government that comes from Washington. You can go from state to state if one state's not being run well you go to another state and that's what we're saying people are fleeing new york and california because it's being uh, run terribly and it's then they're going to better states and i think that's another unique factor of america when you allow the states their freedoms and their powers and you leave them alone 
you look to see, hey, who's doing well economically? Who's doing well with freedom? Who's doing well when it comes to, you know, tax policy? And then you can move to the state that you want. Now, this only works when you have a decentralized federal government. And there are many on the left that are trying to do away with that. And they would want every state to be run the exact same. So every state would be a California Every state would be a New York, um, and uh, everything would be run from Washington, which I think is a disaster, and that's a terrible thing, because that's what makes America unique. Go to the state that's doing well. Leave the states that are not. Um, And I think that's a beautiful thing. And then also through voting, you can change as well. If you would like, vote out the leaders who are doing bad. Again, that comes from the freedom to vote. Anyways, um, number four. America's Protestant work ethic. So in the old days, uh, and still some today, early Americans worked incredibly hard. Because in their mind, you worked hard and God would bless you. And this principle comes from Paul. Paul says to work with your hands. Paul says to provide for your family. There's a lot in Proverbs about, you know, the sloth won't have much. And when times are tough, lazy people will suffer. But if you work hard, you will do well. And people took it as a sign from God that if you work hard, God will bless you. And, you know, some of that theology isn't exactly correct because you can do everything right and still suffer. That often happens. However, a hard work ethic, a strong work ethic is is honorable and it leads to good things. In general, people who work hard will do better than people who don't. And this was a Protestant work ethic. In fact, that's what it's called, the Protestant work ethic. And what happened is, you know, if America was founded in the 1770s, by the 1900s, America was leading the world between our work ethic and between a capitalist system that rewarded the little guy and and the small businesses and everyone for working hard. uh, Those two things combined to lead to a very prosperous nation. Again, good was rewarded if you worked hard, if you created products and services that people wanted, you were rewarded, you would prosper. If you were lazy, laziness is an evil, uh, in this system, you were not rewarded, you were punished. And then finally, um, you know, it just, uh, that allowed for just a lot of good things, right? So that's number four, America's Protestant work ethic. It's fading now. People are uh, sometimes whine and complain about a good day's work, and that's unfortunate. Um, But uh, it's still there for many of us. Uh, There are abuses as well, things that you have to monitor for. So, for instance, uh, child labor, you know, slave labor, things like that are uh, no longer here, and that's wonderful. Those are good things. Those are abuses in uh, someone's work ethic. But uh, by and large, working hard is a good thing. Finally, and I think this might be one of the most important things to me, America was founded on self-correcting principles. What do I mean by that? Think about uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America was founded on freedom 
and justice. And what these principles do when you have a strong foundation is they allow you to course correct. They allow you to self-correct. So people who don't like America or don't like the way America started will point to slavery. They'll point to child labor and abuses and all those terrible things. And I'll agree with them. Those are bad. And they will say, oh, look, look, America isn't that great. And I will say, that's where you're wrong. When you're founded on good principles, you will correct yourself when there is injustice. So, for example, if you're founded on freedom, well, when there's slavery, guess what's going to happen? America is going to correct itself and slavery will be abolished. North Korea is not founded on the principle of freedom. And so when North Korea starves its people and when North Korea tortures its people and sends its people off to slave labor camps, well, what principles are in North Korea to correct itself and say, no, this is evil, we have to change? North Korea doesn't have a good foundation. So when, if you were to talk with the people who rule North Korea and be like, hey, give your people individual rights, North Korea would give you the middle finger and say, uh, no, we don't have to. And what are you going to say back? America, on the other hand, was founded on sound principles of freedom and justice. And, you know, and this morality comes from uh, the natural law that comes from God himself. But we don't have to get into that today. But when your foundation is good, even if there are evil parts to your nation, the principles will dictate that eventually those evils will be abolished. Right, And so it's important to have the correct principles. So anyways, I would say those five things are the reasons why I believe America is the greatest secular nation of all time. America was founded with a healthy fear of government. This led to checks and balances. Uh, secondly, America gave its individuals freedom through uh, individual rights. That's secondly. Uh, thirdly, America has freedom through its 50 states. So the 50 states go and do their thing. There's a, a decentralized federal government that allows them to do their thing. And then through voting and through moving from state to state, you know, it ensures that uh, you can go to a place that uh, gives you freedom and gives you the best possible chance to succeed. Number four, America is a Protestant work ethic. Uh, number five, America was founded on good principles that allow it to self-correct when there is evil on the inside. Anyways, I hope, uh, I hope that explains things. I hope that uh, it made sense, really. But I think that those five things make America very unique and have led to just incredible advancements and a lot of good around the world. And there have been abuses and evils. I'm not going to overlook that. But by and large, America has been a good thing to the world. And I think it can continue depending on uh, 
the direction of the nation. But we're actually going to talk about that next week. What will it look like for America to continue? And is there a need for secession? Ooh, that's a little interesting. But anyways, we're going to talk about that next week. Our devotional for today comes from Ephesians 5, verses 8 through 20. And these are the words of Paul. I will read. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so what is Paul saying here? I think there are a few, at least a few things, that are very interesting. We're going to talk about this theme of light and darkness that is all throughout Scripture, really. And so when, when you're in darkness, when you're apart from God, everything that you do is done in secret. You know, you want it, it's shameful. And so sometimes you want to keep it hidden. Not always, but oftentimes. And this darkness does not glorify God. But then when you're saved and you become a Christian, you are now light in the Lord. So we're supposed to live as children of the light, right? And so there's often this theme of light and darkness. We want to be children of light. When people watch us, when people watch about the watch the example that we set, uh, we want to make sure that we're uh, glorifying God, that we're building people up, and that we're doing what we need to be doing to uh, represent Christ well, right? And then uh, finally, uh, we read in verse fourteen. This is why it is said, "Wake up, sleeper; rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you." You know, it's. I don't have anything profound to say here other than a lot of people think that this was an early hymn, an early song, or an early saying. And I think that's really a cool look into the past, how even at that early time in Ephesians, which wasn't written too far after Jesus' life, there were already hymns and songs and stuff going around to kind of I don't want to say promote Christian culture, but really just to, uh, to use our creativity and our gifts to glorify God. I think that's really wonderful. And, to, and it's kind of a glimpse into the past, really. And finally, uh, be an encouragement. 
you know, as you go out this weekend, just know that, think of it as like a jersey that you're wearing. You represent a team, right? When you wear a jersey, people know, oh, you're a fan of this team or that team. As Christians, we wear the jersey of Jesus Christ. When people go out and they know that we're Christians, you know, if we do well, People are like, wow, maybe there's something to this. But if, like, we get drunk on wine, or I guess in our times, wine, beer, alcohol, whatever, uh, uh, liquor, uh, when we uh, are foolish, when we, you know, speak evil of our neighbor, et cetera, et cetera, you get the point. Well, that doesn't reflect well on Jesus. And so go out and be an encouragement, be full of thanksgiving, be positive, help others and serve. And just know that, you know, when you put on that jersey in the morning and you say, all right, Lord, what would you have me do? That when we go out there, we have to represent. And, and, you know, knowing that we're the front lines, really, when people see us, hopefully they see the love of Jesus Christ. Anyways, I'm going to pray. That's all for today, and then we'll sign off. Father, thank you for this day, Lord. We're so blessed to be able to be in the light and be a part of the light that shines from you. You are light, and we want to shun the darkness. We want to get away from you know that which is done in secret, that which is shameful, Lord, and uh, help us to be an encouragement to others. Help us to represent you well and wear the jersey of a Christian honorably, knowing that uh, you're watching us and that you forgive us, no matter even if we do make mistakes, and that you love us. Help us to live lives full of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, go out this weekend and uh, be a light, right? Anyways, I'll sign off. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.